to the ExtraordinaryChurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. And I'm going to go straight to the Word of the Lord. Would you go with me to the book of 2 Kings? The book of 2 Kings chapter 5. The book of 2 Kings chapter 5. And we'll begin at verse 13. Uh, how, many, how many of y'all... Uh, is, I just want to know if there's any Chick-fil-A fangirls. Am I the only one? Oh, y'all, y'all going to let me be all by myself? Well, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll stand all by myself. I confess to you uh, that your boy is a, a Chick-fil-A fangirl. So I'm in, I'm, I'm in, I'm in airports every weekend. I'm, I'm in and out of hotels every weekend. So I was coming, um, I was coming uh, from an event to the airport. I had been ministering all week in kind of a youth camp context. And so I made it um, to the airport and a um, whole nother story, but let's just say I missed my flight. And uh, before you start judging me, you don't have all the details or the story, so don't, you can take that judgment somewhere else. And uh, so I had to call my buddy who, uh, who had dropped me off, Daniel Jones. And I said, I need, uh, I need to know how good of a friend you are. I know you just hit the eject button and you said, I love you, goodbye, but I need you to come pick me back up. And, uh, and so I found out he's a good friend, came back, picked me up, had to put me in a new hotel and I, I missed my flight. So that meant I couldn't be in California where I was going to be ministering. Um, so I had to call him and let him know LG ain't coming. So it was just kind of a struggle bus weekend. And so it's Saturday night. I'm tired. I'm drained. I've missed my flight. Every, my whole world's been discombobulated. And I'm just like, I, I, there's, there's two things to do when you don't know what to do. Um, talk to Jesus or eat Chick-fil-A. And you can do both. You can do both. So I decided, you know, I'm a millennial. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to door dash me some Chick-fil-A. So get the notification. Chick-fil-A is at the door. And uh, I know I know y'all want to hear the rest of this story, right? Okay, I, I get really insecure when people bail on my stories. So I, I'm going to tell y'all my story. I go to the door and there's no Chick-fil-A. Now some of y'all a little, little passive aggressive. You've been like, I guess it's the Lord's will. No, no. Not me. I called my boy up. I did that whole customer hotline number. I said, uh, you, done, you done came to my door. You done dashed. And there ain't no Chick-fil-A. He said, man, I'm already at my next stop. I said, hey, it's all good in the hood. I, I, I still love you, kind of. But I said, I'll just door dash again. So I door dash again. Would you believe me if I told you the same, Alvin, the same thing happened? I'm like, okay, this is just spiritual warfare at this point. Now I'm getting more stubborn. Xavier, I said, I will, I declare it in the name of Jesus, have Chick-fil-A for dinner. So I decided to do it a third time. Well, it's now 9.30 and I discovered the horrible revelation that they can no longer door dash 30 minutes before closing. So I'm standing in the lobby, salty tears coming out of my left eye. There's a puddle. I'm just, you know, waiting for someone to bring a box of 
tissues and join my pity party. Nobody showed. And as I'm looking outside the hotel, I look across the street and what do I see? Rachel, I saw, I, I didn't see Chick-fil-A. I appreciate the faith, the optimism. Well, y'all, y'all had way more faith than me. I wasn't at that level. I saw another hotel and I thought, what are the odds that he got the wrong hotel? So I took a vote with me, myself, and I. It was unanimous. We walked across the street, walked into the hotel, walked into the lobby like I owned it, went into the elevator, went to the third floor, looked left, looked right, made sure there's no security cameras. I went to room, I forget, three-something. We'll make up a number, 332. I don't want y'all fact-checking me. It was like, well, it's 340. You're a liar. So I went to 332. It was there. It was there. There ain't, there ain't no plot twist. It was there. Now, if I was in Texas, I'd be like, man, I'm about to get shot. So I, I, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm in Virginia, so I look left, right. I make sure no one's on the other side of the door. I didn't snack that Chick-fil-A. I went home, and I had Chick-fil-A. That's my testimony. But that's what I came to do today. I came to help somebody get back what is rightfully theirs in the spirit. There's something with your name on it and just because you've been deterred, just because you've been a little distracted, just because the spirit world has tried to hijack your faith does not mean it is not still yours. I just say today would be a really good day to get back something that is rightfully ours. Brother Alex, I'm going to get it. I want a brother, I want a sister, I want somebody, a part of EC family just to agree with me right now. We're going to get something back in the spirit before the next few moments of our time is over. All right, I just said all of that to let you have time to get to our, our scripture text. 2 Kings 5 and 13, if you're there, say amen. And the servants came near to Naaman and spoke to him, and they said, Yo, Padre, my father, if, if the prophet had told you to do something bougie, something great, oh, you would have done it. But he just told you, just go wash and be clean. So it is that Naaman went down and he dunked himself. Did, did y'all's translation say dunked himself? Well, I'm reading from the Landon Gore uh, 2025, not yet on your version Bible app translation. So y'all got to update soon. So he dunked himself seven times in the muddy Jordan according to the saying of the man of God and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child and he was clean. So he returned to the man of God. He and all his aides, all his servants, their black suits and their black Ray-Bans and their black earbuds, his whole security detail. And he said, uh, indeed, now I know. My boy was struggling before, but he said, now I know. Now I know there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Now watch this, this segue. He said, now therefore, please take a gift from your servant. 
The prophet replied and said, as the Lord lives, I, I, I ain't going to receive anything. I ain't taking Bitcoin. I ain't taking Apple Cash. Now, giving is a biblical concept, but you can't put a price on something that's priceless. He said, I'm not going to take. Can't put a price on this. And he urged him to take it. So then Naaman said, all right, I'm going to pull a plot twist. If, if you won't take anything from me, I, I want something from you. What do you want? Um, I want two mules loaded down with dirt. Um, maybe all of you are spiritual and deep theologians, but your boy was not expecting that one. He said, I want two mules loaded down with some dirt. So that's what I'm going to talk to you about today. I'm going to teach, preach, yell, scream. We'll just do it all, all right? And I want to, I want to, I want to talk to you, preach to you, scream at you, yell at you on this simple subject. Deliverance with a side of dirt. Deliverance with a side of dirt. Now I want us just to pray one more time. We're not going to beg God. We're not going to twist his arm. We're just going to thank him. Thanksgiving is an act of faith. And this is what we're going to thank him about. We're going to thank him for speaking to us. We're going to thank him for every healing. We're going to thank him for every infilling, for every step of faith that someone makes. We're going to thank him for doing what only he can get credit for. There's already a vertical visitation in this atmosphere. There's just going to be a, a culmination. Can we just thank him for it? God, I thank you for my new family. I thank you for my EC brothers and sisters. I thank you for Pastor Akil and Sister Sarah, all the leaders that stand alongside them. God, I thank you for every first-time guest. God, I, I thank you for those that have been here a few weeks, those that, that have been here for months and years. God, I thank you for every single person that makes up the mosaic of this great body of believers. I ask, God, that your angels would minister in this house today. I ask that the best gifts would be in operation. I ask, God, that my master would be your megaphone we need more than a song set more than a spiritual TED talk we need you to speak to our core we need an intrinsic transformation we need a demonstration of your power it's already here we agree with it we say yes to it let it be so in the name of Jesus somebody say in Jesus name somebody shout in Jesus name if you believe that prayer, would you just clap your hands and would you just let all of heaven know that you believe that prayer? Oh, can I ask you just to do it for a few more seconds? More than height, more than protocol, more than emotion. I believe in Jesus. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated. So we've got to back up a little bit and we've got to unpack the story of Naaman. Um, from the beginning, I've got to let you know um, that Naaman, Naaman is the goat. He's got the emoji in his Instagram bio. My man is a G. He knows about victory. His name is synonymous with victory. He is a conqueror. 
He is a military strategist. He is a leader. Every battle that he has walked into, he has walked out the victor. Naaman does not know about defeat. Naaman only knows about winning. W for de- w for, W's for days. He, he doesn't take an L. So much so that even the people of God in a season of carnality have been overtaken by Naaman. Naaman is the goat. But Naaman has leprosy. His life is parabolic of our human story because it does not matter if you are winning publicly if you are losing privately. Everybody sees the trophies and everybody sees the medals and everybody sees the victory and everybody sees Naaman, the man. But what nobody knows is that when Naaman goes back home and he takes off the cape, the cape is hiding something. And when he takes off the armor, as shiny as it is, it's hiding something. And when he goes back home, his home life knows what nothing else picks up on. Naaman is losing. It doesn't matter the job promotion. It doesn't matter the career. It doesn't matter that he's got the girl. It doesn't doesn't matter that he's got the G-Wagon. It doesn't matter that he can point to this success and that success. Naaman is losing something that he cannot win on his own. Naaman is Naaman, but now he's Naaman the leper. Leprosy was this disease that was so horrific, so traumatic, that when you were diagnosed, they started the details and the planning of your funeral. They performed the funeral while you were still alive. And then they cast you out of society for you to be a castaway, for you to be isolated. And furthermore, if anybody possibly, Daniel, if anybody even was about to come close, you had to scream unclean. You had to verbalize your dysfunction. But there is a slave girl in the house of Naaman. Um, I'm just going to let y'all know right now, that whole intro body conclusion stuff that you're supposed to use with speech and presentations, your boy don't do that. A um, little too ADD for that. I'm not saying I'm smarter. I just, I just, I'm just going to go ahead and preach. Is that all right? Can we just skip the intro body conclusion? Can, can I just go ahead and preach? There's a slave girl strategically placed in the home of Naaman the loser. You see, you just thought you were oozing through life. God strategically placed you in this zip code. He strategically placed you where you work. You are here not by random chance, but by divine design. 
And there is a slave girl in the house of Naaman. And she sees what is happening. And she says, uh, yo, fam, uh, just, just want to let you know, um, there's an answer. Um, let me tell you about the people of God. And let me tell you about the God of his people. And let me tell you about a prophet. And let me tell you that this impossibility is really an opportunity for God to manifest himself in your life. Now hold up, hold up, hold up. We, we got to see the context of this for a moment. Santi, this girl has been enslaved by this man. She has been taken prisoner. She has been ripped from her home, ripped from familiarity. She should be jaded. She should be bitter. She should be leaving God a bad Facebook review saying hashtag church hurt. She has reason. She has valid reason to reject God. You didn't answer my prayer. Why has my life been plundered? Why is my life in disarray? This is not what I envisioned. When I was writing down goals for my life, this was not one of them. She is in this context of contradiction, but she stands and testifies, alluding to the fact that she has not lost her joy. She has not lost her empathy. She has not lost. I'm preaching to somebody. Life is trying to bring callousness to your heart and to your spirit. And you're a little bloody and you're a little weary, but you're here with breath in your body, with fire in your heart, and a praise on your tongue. Because you said, this is not how I envisioned it. This is not what I... This is not what I dreamed of, but I'm still here and I'm still praying while I'm cleaning Naaman's kitchen. I'm still listening to the playlist. I'm still singing about a God that I adore even when I haven't seen mom and dad. Quarantine. Homegirl knows about quarantine. Isolation, homegirl knows about it. And somewhere she's still singing songs of deliverance. Somewhere she's still thinking about a God that while she is enslaved, he is not. Because Paul would echo her sentiment in the New Testament when he would say, I may be bound, but the word of God is not bound. It's alive. It's pulsating. You can be locked down in fear, in dysfunction, in depression, in suicidal ideation. But if you ever get a word on the inside of you, the word is not quarantined. The word is not held hostage. Even if you are. Good goodness. She, I, she said, uh, um, let me testify to you. I'm just going to be honest. I don't know if I could have done it. Oh, you got leprosy? 
My bad, dude. So sorry for you. I'm going back to Dallas. I'm going back to my favorite restaurant, my favorite joints. I'm going to hit my bros up. I'm going to hit my fam up. I, I just, I'm just saying, I'm just being, is that too real for y'all? Take off your halo. Unplug it. Go home and burn it. I'm preaching to real people. If I was her, I would have said, God, I love you. Thank you for hearing me. Thank you for seeing me. I'm not saying I prayed for this, but I'm, I ain't going to pray against it. But what if this is bigger than you? I said, what if this is bigger than you? If there is a pulse on the inside, there is a purpose from on high. And every dilemma that comes into your story, every chaotic moment that comes to the canvas of your life, it's bigger than you. It's bigger than you. It's not optimistic hype. It's not optimistic hype. It's kingdom reality. That everything you see, it's not everything there is to see. It's bigger than you. Why am I going through this agitation? Why am I going through this frustration? Why have I been, I, I, no, no, I, yeah, you said I was put here. I think I've just been plopped here. This is, this is not in the playbook. This is plan B. No, 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 no. You are exactly where you need to be. She said, I need, I, need, I need you to hear something. I need you to hear my testimony. I, maybe I'm too simple, but if she has a testimony, that means she has a testimony. It's not suppressed. It's not been buried. I'm just saying, if it were me, I would have been like, all right. Maybe now, since my boy's about to die, maybe I'll turn back to God. Maybe things, maybe things will start coming into alignment. Maybe now i got some favor. I'm going back home. No. She had a testimony. She had a testimony. And so Naaman says, all right. I believe you. So he goes to the king. And the king of his land sends a message. I don't know if it's an email. I don't know if it's a text. I don't know if it was a DM. But he, he sends something to the king of Israel. And you got you to go back and read it. The king of Israel gets it, and he, he reads this message, and the message says, um, yo, I'm sending Naaman to your land because we have heard that there's healing in your land and where there is impossibility in our place. We heard there's miracles in your place. We got limitations in our crib. We, 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 we got limitations in our hood, but we heard supernatural stuff be happening And this is what the king does. The king says, this, this is a setup. He, he starts looking around and he said, we, we don't got the answer, fam. We, we, we don't got the healing. Royalty did not have an answer. The palace did not have a solution. And so it was then, so it is now. The government does not have the transformation that we need. Hollywood does not have the transformation that we need. The entertainment world does not have the transformation that we need. 
There's some things that your CEO cannot do. There's some things that your lawyer cannot unravel. But you are tethered to a word. And that word is tethered to a king. And where the word of a king is, there is jurisdiction. There is authority. There is power. There is unlimited possibility. Y'all calm down. Y'all calm down. I got one more service. Calm down. And so the king says, we got to get a hold of the man of God. We got to get a hold of the people of God. Can I just tell you right now that there will be conversations in this region that do not have solutions and God is going to connect them with EC because there's going to be something ringing in their ears. We have tried to strategize. We've tried to plan. The answer for the crime rate, the answer for the alcohol, the answer... For those trying to rehab is in this room. It's not the building. It's not the four walls. It's not EC. It's the God of EC. It's the God that we serve. I'm telling you, there are going to be teachers that look to students for answers. There's, there, there's going to be employers that look to employees for answers because you represent something that's bigger than you. You're a part of something seismic. You're a part of something that's unfolding. You're a part of a kingdom that has no end. So Naaman and the entourage... Naaman and the camels and the Ubers and the Yetis, they all, they all make their way to the prophet's crib. And they get to where the prophet is and the prophet don't even come out to meet them. Servant comes out, says, uh, yo, here's the instructions from the prophet's, uh, from the prophet's quarters. Uh, he said, uh, for our people uh, to tell your people, uh, we want you to go dunk in the muddy Jordan for seven times. You're in the Bible. I mean, I think he probably said that. And then he said, yo, I'm about to slit your throat. You know I can have you killed? You, you know I, I got you? I conquered this people? I conquered this land? He said, don't, don't you know who I am? I got stock in Tesla. I got stock in Bitcoin. I got stock in Timmy's, Chick-fil-A, Starbucks. You talking to the G. Prophet man was savage. He's still sitting up in his recliner in the house. Ain't nothing making him come out. Gehazi trying to be all diplomatic, probably trying to have a nice alibi cover story. You know, this, he, want, he really wanted to be here. He started looking at these swords. He started looking at these glaring eyes. He's, he wanted to, I'm telling you, he wanted to be here. This is the prophet's nap time. <laughs> prophet ain't snoozing. He's awake. He said, Gehazi, you go tell them people that my people said to tell their people, go dip seven times. So, so now everybody um, has to bring naming from slit your throat mode to like, hey, it's just not a good time mode. I'm sure he wanted to be here mode. 
And Naaman says, all right, Dew says, we out, we're going back. And a servant, can I just preach a few more minutes? I'm almost done. Can I preach a few more minutes? I'm just trying to preach shorter than Pastor Akil, okay? There's a servant that says, uh, hey, yo, um, my, my father, yo, 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 hey, hey, he's coming to him in respect. He says, um, you know what the prophet would have asked you to do a, a big thing, a bougie thing? You, 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 you know, you done it. It's not because it's too big you can't do it. It's so little anyone can do it. He said, Naaman, let's, let's be real, dog. Like, we, we both got ego. We got pride. I, I, bruh, you want to flex? Prophet said, 10,000 camels. Naaman said, done. But he told you to go dip seven times in the muddy river. How many times? I don't, I don't want to call you out, but I want to call you out. Because I'm calling us out. How many times have we missed our miracle? Not because God asked us to do something too big, but he asked us to do something too little. God gave you that nudge just to simply walk to the front as an act of faith. God gave you that nudge to pray a, pray a little longer in your personal time. God gave you that, that, that nudge to talk to that, that, that barista at Starbucks. God, God gave you that nudge to give this. God gave you that nudge to say, hey, you, I, I want you to study my word and I want, you to, I want you to see what I'm asking of you. And sometimes we limit the supernatural to the spectacular. Well, if you would have, if you would have, if I would have seen three angels and uh, ten prophets would have told me the same thing, and uh, and, and someone I don't know would have just randomly texted me, I'd done it. I would have done it. Uh oh, man, I love you guys. I really wanted to come back. But he has a servant that is willing to provoke him. See, not everybody is here on their own volition. Some of y'all, some of y'all here because somebody really wanted you here. Somebody provoked you. Somebody pushed you to be here. But every single one of us needs someone to provoke us to good works. We need community. We need discipleship. We need growth, and growth does not come in isolation. Because in isolation, I would have said, yo, fam, I'm leaving. I'm regressing. I'm going back to leprosy. But you need somebody to remind you, if you go home the same, you're going home to a losing battle. Naaman, don't go back home to a losing battle. If you go home, you're taking an L, and that L is going to take you out. Hey, Naaman, why are you, why, why are you nervous? Well, think about this. A man who's been around bloodshed, a man who's seen guts, a man who's done some savage stuff is, is really afraid of mud? Man, our pride will make us do some silly stuff. Pride is illogical. Why is it we, we can go do this and go do that, but the moment we come into the house of God, we feel inferior and intimidated, and we've got to be suppressed. No, 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 no. That 
pride, that pride will shrink your potential and cause you to miss what God is requiring you, not because it's out of reach, but because in reality it's too small. So Naaman goes to the muddy Jordan River. Naaman goes to the muddy Jordan River. And uh, y'all just go with me. Are you at the muddy Jordan River with me? He, he looks into the river. My, my man's probably a narcissist. He's, uh, he's looking for his reflection. Ain't no reflection in the muddy Jordan. Uh, no. Disease is looking back at you. COVID is looking back at you. Germs is looking back at you. A new strain of a new disease you never heard of is looking back at you. Uh, name it whatever you're looking for. You ain't going to see your face looking back at you. Puts his toes in and can't even slosh it around. It's just... Ugh. I ain't doing this, fam. No, no, Naaman, you got it. I want you to do it for me. In fact, you're a great candidate. But you can't delegate obedience. It doesn't matter how spiritual or not spiritual your mom is. Your mom can't do it for you. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if your mom was a preacher or a prostitute. Your, your, your mom can't do it for you. It doesn't matter if your daddy was a, a plumber or a missionary. He can't do it for you. It doesn't matter who your BFF is. Your BFF can't do it for you. You cannot delegate spirituality. You cannot delegate ownership and obedience. Because there's some people that would do it for you if they could. But narrow is the way. Does that, does that mean that a lot of people can't find salvation? No, no, no. That means you, 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 it's, a, it's a singular decision. We need community, but it comes back to a singular decision. Because salvation is not a group hug. Salvation is a singular decision. And when you make that singular decision, that singular decision segues into communion with others that have made that singular decision. And what makes our bond strong is because I need you, but I also made a decision that I need him, whether you need him or not. But because we both need him, we need each other. I'm making sense. So Naaman, he's down to his knees, he gets down to his waist, he's down to his neck. Ah, oh, mighty Naaman is now squeamish Naaman. Brave Naaman is now pathetic Naaman. I can't do this. Oh God. Hey, yo, I did it. Everyone slow clap for Naaman. No, y'all give him, him too much affirmation. I said slow clap. 
Uh, Naaman, you can do it again. I can't do it. I can do this. Three times I did it. Let's go, fam. I did it. Um, you're not even halfway there, man. Okay, I can do this. Let's go. I can't do this. I can do this. That's what discipleship looks like. You provoking somebody that doesn't want to. One moment and the next moment they do and you say, I'm impatient. Before you get impatient with them, remember you didn't always have the testimony that you had. You didn't always know. And don't you ruin the progress of the slave girl because God used her and now God's using you because this is bigger than you. Somebody planted. Don't you get impatient with watering because the process started before you. Okay, I got this. You believe in me? Yes, I believe. I'm praying for you. That's what a text says. I'm thinking of you. Hey, did you make it to church? Hey, I want to be accountable with you. Hey, hey, I believe in you. You can do this, Naaman. Four. Five. I can't see anything. Just, just, just go down again. Six. And this is where North American Christianity stagnates. Because now I've done more than you. And now I've done more than I used to do. But anything less than full obedience is not enough. I'm not as wicked as them, and I'm not as vile as them. And yo, if you knew the old me, you would let the present me just kind of be a a citizen of Chillville. Just just relax. Yo, 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 you man, I made a lot of progress. We celebrate progress, but ain't nobody got the luxury to be a citizen of Chillville. You got to keep moving. You got to keep progressing. And North American Christianity says you can stop at the sixth time. And we can entertain ourselves and we can justify ourselves. But, but you never get a new beginning. And you never get a fresh start. And you never get the flesh of a child until the seventh time. It's not legalism. It's not a cult. No, there's transformation waiting for me. I'm not doing it because of religious dogma. I'm not doing it because a priest told me to. I'm I'm doing it because the word of God is inviting me to full transformation. I don't want anything less than full transformation for my babies, for my marriage, for my mind, for my city, for my neighborhood I see Naaman if we could see Naaman I want to assure you he couldn't see us because the, 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 the Bible the Bible the Bible lets us know it's the muddy the muddy river it's the muddy Jordan 
If we could observe him, he couldn't see us. After the seventh time, there's too much mud in his eyes. But the servant sees. <laughs> the servant sees what Naaman can't. Naaman, behold. You know what behold means? Look, see, open your eyes. Naaman, behold. Old things are passed away. Old things are passed away. Behold, old things. Name and look. You got your ear back. You got your finger back. You got your toes back. Oh, did I forget to tell you? Leprosy robbed you day by day, moment by moment. You died slowly. You lose your ear. Then you lose a piece of your nose. Then you lose a piece of your knee. And then your toes. But when Naaman came out of obedience, there was not partial healing. There was not reformation. There was transformation. Name and look what you got back. Some of you need to look around. You got some sanity that you didn't used to have. You got some clarity you didn't used to have. Open your eyes. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Naaman thought he was dipping seven times. He didn't know it was a form of baptism. And when he came out, he said, that piece of me and that piece of me and that piece of me see there's some things in the earthly realm that can only rehab you and reform you I gotta be real careful but, but there's elements in our society that, that, that want to help us and I thank God for all the good and I, I thank God for, 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 for the help and, and I thank God for, for, for people wanting to do their best but there's only so much that you and I can do we stop at reformation. God starts at transformation. Musicians come. Naaman, Naaman said, I don't have to hide it. I don't need the armor. I don't need the cape. I've been restored. I've been restored. I've not been healed. I've been made whole. So it goes back to the prophet. And the man that did not want to dip in mud is now asking to take mud home. Your priorities change after obedience. Your thinking changes after obedience. Your dreams change after obedience. Your bucket list changes after obedience. Everything about you, what you used to disdain, now you adore. And what you used to love, you now despise. Because when God transforms you, He does not reform you. He transforms. Hey, you know what I see? 
I see him going back home. He doesn't need the cape. He's going back home, and there's people. I love you. Uh, Naaman's coming down the road. Uh, I want Naaman to see you before he sees me. Naaman says, God bless you. Yo, hold up. Did, did name it? Just say, God bless you? Bet. He did. He did. No, 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 he didn't. No, no. Have a great day. Lord bless you. He doesn't need the cape. He doesn't need the armor. He gets back home. He said, hey, baby. Hey, 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 hey. You were the one that told me. I didn't believe it. I thought I was going to die like this. But you had a testimony. You had a prayer life. You had... I'm telling you, there's some Naaman's coming to EC. And it's going to be because you made up in your mind that this was bigger than you. And you shouted when you didn't feel like shouting. And you were praying when you didn't feel like praying. And you were giving out smile after smile, even on a Monday when nobody saw you. Stand with me. Naaman, what you got with you? I don't see the chariots. I don't see the camels. I don't, I don't see the, the royal Uber. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see the, the Tesla. I, I don't see the caddy wagon. I don't see the, the G-wagon. What, what, what's Naaman got with He just got two mules loaded down with dirt. And it's just, it's just in my mind's eye. I, just, I see as they're walking and they're making their way back home. Every time... The mule steps over a rock every time the, the mule stops. Every, every time the mule diverts to the left, just a little dirt begins to fall. A little bit more dirt begins to fall. And there's a trail all the way from the prophet's house to Naaman's house. See, you didn't know that when you walked up to the altar and the devil said, You're just first generation, you don't have pedigree. Who are you? You're unworthy. You didn't realize you were breaking the cycle. You used to have a trail to the club, and you, you, you used to have a trail to where you overdosed, and you used to have a trail to that atheistic, secular thinking, and, and you used to have a trail to church herd, and this is where you got jaded, and, and this is where you left, and, and this is where you bailed. And this, but now somebody's watching how you worship, and now somebody's watching the tears come where there used to be hatred, and now somebody's watching you operate in the gift of faith when you used to spill vitriol and hatred and racism and you got babies watching you you got teenagers watching you you got new converts watching you you got people friends neighbors watching you well i don't have children i don't got any no 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 no, no. you got spiritual children there's somebody watching you how you how you worship or how you don't worship there's somebody watching how you submit or you don't submit there's somebody watching how you give or don't give there's somebody watching how you do you and if you just do you going to go home to a losing battle but if you say yes to him that's what evangelism is it's introducing your new friend to your best friend so 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 why why dirt somebody said Naaman couldn't Naaman Naaman couldn't stay in Israel so he decided to take a piece of Israel with him. 
You see, I, 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 didn't, I didn't have my first experience with God's Spirit speaking in tongues in a church and at a conference. I had it in my house. It wasn't in a sanctuary. It was my, my bedroom. You see, some of us think we grew up in church. We didn't grow up in church. We grew up in our home. And we went to church. And we decide the culture of our home. My, my mom was raised in church. She was raised in heaven on earth. Wasn't perfect. My dad was raised out of church. He was raised in an atmosphere that was much like hell on earth. But they came together. And my mom had to say, I know I got some spiritual pedigree, but I can't live off the home I was born into. And dad said, I know there was some dysfunction and there was drugs in our house and there was immorality in our house and there was, there was domestic violence in our house, but I, I don't have to be defined by the house I was born into. And so my mom and my dad came together and said, we didn't get to choose the home that we were born into, but we do choose the home that we build. There's not going to be drugs in this house. There's not going to be sex trafficking in this house. There's not going to be, there's not going to be violence in this house. Demons ain't going to be welcome in, up in here. No, there's going to be angels in this house. And we're going to listen to worship music in this house. And I'm going to let my baby see us hug and kiss and love each other and pray with one another. And so one night I lifted up my hands in my room. And it was awkward. Until it wasn't. It's always awkward until it's not. I knelt beside my bed, didn't really feel anything, but I had a tug, I had an urge. And I started giving God my words. God, I love you. God, I worship you. God, I need you. I worship you. I praise you. I, I love you. I, I want you in my heart. It's natural until it's supernatural. It's weird until it's not weird. All of a sudden, I wasn't looking around anymore. All, all of a sudden, it wasn't awkward anymore. And I was giving God my words, but then he started giving me his words. As tears began to flow down, and I wouldn't speak in English anymore. But something was coming in my heart, wanting to come out of my mouth. My tongue wanted to tremble, and I had a decision. Am I going to hold it in? Am I, I going to say, well, no, 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 I, no. I don't know about this. But, but the peace of God is not deceptive. The presence of God is not deceptive. It can be unknown and yet be supernatural. And I begin to yield as God filled me with His Spirit for the very first time. It was years later. I could tell you story after story, but we don't have time. I, uh, I, was, I was in a service and a man by the name of Rosh of Arash came up to me and he said, uh, uh, can, can, I, can, can I have you pray for me? And I said, sure. Man, I did one of the dumbest things in all my life. I mean, don't get me wrong, I've done some stuff, much more dumb. But I prayed for him. I said, God, I pray you bless him, give him a favor. In Jesus' name, amen. And I left. I prayed a cute prayer, professional prayer. They began to tell me about Arash. He had just moved from Afghanistan. He had, he had only been here, uh, he had only had moved a, a few months ago and his life was dark and, and suicidal and, and he began to tell me and I said, does, does Arash have the Holy Ghost? Does he have the Spirit of God? Has he ever had this supernatural experience? 
Because when, when you get it, you, you, you're taking it with you. Everything that you feel in this house, you get to take to your house. If I've not made sense, then that's what I'm trying to convey. Don't, don't settle for deliverance without dirt. Don't settle for a spiritual atmosphere that entertains you but never transforms you. Don't be satisfied until you get a hold of something that goes home with you. I went back to Arash that next night and I said, Arash, forgive me. Do you have the Spirit of God? He said, no. I said, do you want it? He said, yes. I said, lift up your hands. He lifted up his hands. And when he began to pray, it started out in Arabic, but it didn't stay Arabic because the Spirit of God began to flood his heart, began to overflow out of his mouth as God filled him with the Spirit Oh, but Arash didn't know he was leaving a trail. He was taking some dirt with him because in a few weeks, his little daughter Arnush came with him and she had seen the change in his life. She had seen him be baptized in the name of Jesus. And she said, I want to be baptized too. And so Arash watched as his little daughter was baptized in the name of Jesus. All things becoming new in his world, in his life. Light coming back to his future. And all of a sudden, Arnush noose lifted up her hands and her tongue began to tremble and she began to speak and I watched as Arash looked and he was counting. She knew Swiss German. She knew Arabic. She knew English. Goodness, this girl is smart. He did not recognize the language she was speaking and then Jordan, it hit him. It hit him that the same God that had filled him was superior enough and loving enough to feel his baby. So I'm done. But I got to give an invitation right now. Because in this atmosphere, a somebody, anybody, has the ability to lay hold of something supernatural. If you, if you need a healing in your body, I believe God can do a physical miracle. If you need a transformation of your mind, I believe the Lord can cleanse, baptize, and renew your mind. If you have never been baptized in the name of Jesus, today is the day I provoke you, I challenge you, I beg you, make a decision to go down, not the EC way, not the pastor Akil way, not grandma's way, not religion's way, but the Bible way, the word of God way in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness and the remission of all your sins and if you've never received the gift of God's spirit I'm telling you today is your opportunity some of you have received it God can renew you and some of you have never received it yet keyword yet you don't you do know one of my one of my favorite descriptions of the spirit of God in the Bible is simply this Joy unspeakable. It's a dichotomy. How do, you, how do you speak about something unspeakable? Wow, that's a lot of pressure. How do you describe something indescribable? Just got to get it for yourself. Have you ever noticed that those, those, those peeps that already have had this experience are kind of really emphatic that you have it when they realize you haven't had it yet? 
because there's no words to articulate it. You gotta get it for yourself. There's something about when you go down the seventh time and you repent and you've been baptized in the name of Jesus and you've been filled with the Spirit. There's just nothing like it. So in the closing moments of this service, I want to invite this family to the front. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.